And welcome back to the Mayday Mayhem podcast. I am your host, Mayday Mayhem. And today we are going to talk about um, some of the things that's going on in the city of Chicago, especially most of all these protesters. Now, I find it ironic that she's Lori Lightfoot, mayor of Chicago, says she doesn't need any help with the people but obviously you do when you have protesters literally outside of your house and you had the police warmed around your house because you want your house safe for your wife and your daughter well what do you think everyone else wants they want safety for their families their businesses everything else why is it okay for you to have the city of Chicago at your disposal when we as taxpayers don't have the city of Chicago at our disposal. And anyone remember when Miss Lightfoot came in, when Mayor Lightfoot came in to be the mayor, didn't she have her own detail and she didn't even want CPD in her own detail. She hired her own security detail now tables have turned times have gotten bad we're in the middle of the civil uprest well civil unrest and now you have chicago pd blocking your whole little area around your house what about everybody else now at first you didn't want them police now you got them same police protecting your wife and your children and now it's we still do not need the help of the National Guards that's bullshit yes we do because people are failing to realize like really not only is it a money game but it's also you know kind of an ethic thing you cannot control all the people in Chicago one you have pretty much let them know let everyone in Chicago know that we number them 10 to 1 for one you should never let that let anybody know that the people outnumber the police 10 to 1 and already it was a problem with the police then but no one is seeing any of that All of this is just weird and insane to me. You want you want the police to protect your house. But who's protecting everybody else? Who's protecting everyone else? No one. And you wonder why the stores are getting looted and hit over and over again. For one, it shouldn't be fucking done, to be honest with you. This shit shouldn't be happening. I'm being 100. I don't condone looting and violence and taking people's shit that they worked hard for and that they sacrificed and struggled for. Hell no, I don't condone that. No, that shit is wrong. That's foul. That's bogus. That's wrong in every which way you could possibly think of it. It is wrong. I will say that it's wrong. 
However, we need help here in Chicago. Anytime you had four aldermen step forward asking for the National Guards, and then you say, oh, two of those aldermen are just, uh, they always have something to say. Fuck that. It ain't got nothing to do about somebody always having something to say. The city of Chicago is going up. And you as a mayor, a leader, is supposed to be able to decipher and stop this shit. And everyone is asking, even the citizens. I have literally did a poll. I went around different areas of the city of Chicago on the north side, the west side, the south side. And I literally asked people, you know, unfortunately people, I don't have the funding to have recordings with me to show me asking these people, but your girl getting there. She getting there with y'all help and my help and with the help of God, she getting there. And I will be able to show that the studies that I have done, but until then, I'm just going to have to let y'all know what had happened. I went to several areas of the south side, several areas of the west side, several areas of the north side, and asked them, would you be comfortable with, would you be comfortable with um, the National Guards coming in? Would you be comfortable with that? Would you be comfortable with outside sources outside of like the state police and uh you know all of, are you would you be okay with someone else outside of our jurisdiction coming in to help and i literally did 20 people on each side out of the south side it was like 18 people that said yes they need we would prefer the national guards and only two people was like nah we don't need them went to the west side 17 said yes we won't three of them said no i went to the north side all 20 of them said yes we need the national guards in so if i have a statistic of 60 people and out of 60 people only five said no nah, we don't need the national guards i think that's saying a lot I think that's saying a whole hell of a lot that damn the majority of your city wants the National Guards. They want them. Why? Because we need them. The crime is out of control. Everything is literally completely for real, for real, all bullshit aside, it's out of control. And we honestly need help as citizens. All the money we pay goes for our safety and you mean to tell me during the civil unrest you know I I'm paying you for my safety through my taxes and I'm still not safe I'm still not fucking safe but Lori is safe because she got all the police around house and she don't want any um help from outside sources she doesn't want any help and I think that's a crock of shit I'm the type of person that let me, don't get it twisted now. Your girl Mayday, you know, is more on the independent side. Hell no, I don't like asking for help. 
Hell no, I don't want nobody to know what I'm doing. Hell no, if I'm in a band, and I can tell y'all right now, if I'm in a band, I'm not going to ask for help until it's the last damn straw, last call for alcohol. I'm not going to ask for help. Now, but when when that ass get in the band, and it's like, oh, shit, I don't see no way out of this. My pride got to say, uh, yeah, it's time to take that turn and um, ask for some motherfucking help. So, yeah, sometimes we as human beings don't realize that sometimes we need to swallow our pride. Pride is, is something that will that'll get, get you killed. Pride will have you hungry, starving, poor, on the streets. All because you had too much pride. You had too much pride. You didn't want to ask for help. Oh, I don't need help. I don't need this. I don't need that. Yes, you do. We need help. And Lori is letting her pride get to her. I understand how it is being a strong black woman. I, Lori, I sympathize with you, baby. Because black women, I have to play devil's advocate a lot. People, you will learn that I play devil's advocate a lot. I can get on both sides. However, being a black woman is one of the most hardest jobs in the world. One, because it was a job that was given to us. It was We didn't take the job. It was given to us. It was our birthright. It was given to us from birth. So it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? I love the skin I'm in. I'm pretty sure Lori loves skin she's in, you know, but um, being black is hard because we're always under a microscope and no matter what we do, someone is always saying something. So we like to take things in control and we'll take care of it ourselves. You know, we don't want no outside help. We don't want no help. And, but sometimes I don't care how strong we are, we need to break down that barrier, that wall that we have up and sometimes just ask for help. Me personally, like I said, I'm a strong black woman, um, strong black woman, but sometimes that ass in the sling and mm, your girl needs some help. Shit, I need some help now. I don't ask for it often. When I do, you best to believe it's, it's, it's needed. And now I think this, when the protesters outside of her house, that should have been a moment to say, fuck that, hold on, hold on, bruh. Let me reconsider this. Yo, Prickshner, we gonna need them, uh, them, them peoples down here. We need them peoples cause I, I can't sleep at night. These motherfuckers in came to my crib. You know, so it's time for her to really ask for pride. I mean, get that pride out the way and ask for help. Because now the situation is getting more and more and more radical. It's getting more and more angry, more and more cynical. So something has to be done. Something got to be done. And I'm, I'm clearly behind 100%. Yes, send the National Guards in. I don't give a shit. Send them in. At least it'll be safer. 
Let me, I'm not speaking for all black people, but I'm speaking for some black people. Not all black people want loot and crime and stuff. We don't think that shit is cool. We just as angry and as mad as everyone else is because that small fraction of people make the whole community look like that's all we do and it's not like that. I grew up, I'm an 80s baby. I grew up in a time where we had block clubs where every each block grew different type of food, different type of fruits. And I'm from the west side of Chicago. You know what I'm saying? Like, I went to Or High School, boo-boo. I'm from the west side all day, every day. Ain't no shame to it. I'm proud of it. I wear my badge with honor. I'm from the west side of Chicago. And yes, I did grow up doing a lot of the gang violence and stuff during that time. But also, we still was able to grow our little fruits and vegetables and do our little planting and stuff and kids was able to play outside better than they was now you know but right now with the protesting and the loon going on and everything that's happening yes I would say this is the time to have uh, some them National Guards in because that's just like a child if a child is bad okay let's say we got a bad kid right here right this shawty is bad how did he get bad that's the first question how did he get bad oh well his parents didn't discipline him they didn't teach him right from wrong they let they let him do whatever he wanted to do they let him just do whatever you know it was it was no um no consequences to any actions he did. There was no, um, you know, no one told him, no, 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 you don't do that. You know, so now he bad than the motherfucker. He walk around here robbing, stealing, killing, doing whatever the fuck he want to do. Why? Because no one told him that was bad. While the fuck he was doing it now? While he was doing it? No, no, you won't be out there doing that. You don't be out there doing this. And then a lot of these kids... I hear Lori holler about, oh, all they need is love and the opportunity. How the fuck will somebody appreciate love and the opportunity when they was never, when they was never given love themselves? How? Tell me how. How can I understand what love is when I was never shown love? You're talking about, oh, you just need to love them and this, that, and the third. No, they don't understand that. They can't understand something that they was never taught or shown. Like I said, it's just like a child. If this child doesn't realize or understand everything that they're doing is wrong and no one sat them down or disciplined them and told them that was wrong or stopped them in their tracks or stopped events from happening for them, then how else would they know it's bad? Same thing with this protesting shit going on. Yeah, it's bad that they showed up at her crib. That's when you're supposed to get that belt out, like a parent, and spank that ass. And when I say spank that ass, 
I mean, uh, National Guards, bring that ass in here. Come on in. Come on, brothers. Come on, sisters. Come on, get them out here. Police woman got hit in the head with a fucking skateboard. That woman could have lost her life. She could have a con- I'm pretty sure she got a con- concussion. And you hitting police officers in the head with bicycles. And then say, the pro- this is the protesters I'm talking about now. The bad ones, not the good ones. Don't get it twisted now. I'm not talking about the ones that's protesting peacefully. I'm talking about these motherfuckers down there that's tearing up shit. And they come in both colors. Black, white, brown, orange, green, purple, blue. They're in all different colors. So I'm not pointing out the blacks. I'm not pointing out the whites. I'm not pointing out the browns. I'm not pointing out the oranges, the greens, the yellows, the purples, the blue, the pinks. I'm not pointing out no color. I'm pointing out a specific group of these quote-unquote protesters. But what are they? They protesting for violence. And the first thing these group of Bad protesters say is, oh, well, you guys came dressed in riot gear. You got damn right, because we know what the fuck y'all be on. Why wouldn't I come dressed in riot gear? And the night before, it was so much looting and stuff. Why wouldn't I come dressed in riot gear? Every time y'all protest start protesting, you throwing frozen bottles at them. Sticks, bottles, rocks. Hitting the ass in the head with skateboards and shit. How is any of that okay? How? Ain't none of that all right? And you think they not supposed to come out here and protect themselves? Shit, I'm a firm believer. If you are a motherfucker that like to stab people, I'm going to make sure I check your ass for knives every time I see you. Ah. Man, you know I wouldn't stab you, bruh. You know I ain't got no knife. I wouldn't stab you. Oh, fuck that. You're a stabber. I don't trust nothing you do. You will stab a motherfucker in a minute. You are a stabber. And people like you that stab people will stab anybody. Yeah, damn it. You are a stabber. You stab people. You have knives. You do all that shit. So why wouldn't I search you for a knife every time I see your ass? And then you telling me, every time you see me, you search me for a knife. Because you're a fucking stabber. You didn't cut my ass before, so I'm just supposed to keep letting you stab me. I'm not supposed to have no type of stab-proof vest or something on me to keep you from stabbing the shit out of me. I ain't supposed to have none of that on, though, right? Get the fuck out of here. You love that one. No. Fuck that. I'm going to have bulletproof, stab-proof, piss-proof, shit-proof everything proof on me because you like to do things you like to throw things you know what i'm saying it's it's good police officers out here that's getting clucked upside the head and getting they shit busted over the bad police officers no one is disputing that we have a problem with the justice department in our country and in our city i'm not disputing that it is something wrong with it but it don't it's not only the police we have to go with the prosecutors we have to go with the judges it's a chain reaction they all fall in that court they all so 
it's 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 a chain reaction and i understand because i have been violated against due to police uh not brutality but activity i have been violated and uh, charged and did things that i did not do said i did things that i didn't do them all because the color of my skin i get that but not all police officers are like that and i know a lot of police officers that are good police officers that sympathize and disagree with all this bullshit that's going on but i know we as a society and as a community we can't tell who good or bad if they all got the same fucking color on you know what i'm saying i feel y'all with that i feel you but just as some of the bad police officers it's some good police officers out there too that's taking their own lives because they can't do the job anymore they can't do it it's mentally unsettling to them is because this is what they wanted to be this is what they dreamed of and all of a sudden they can't do that because either they might have problems within their own jurisdiction they may um um not get along with certain colleagues you know how it is if you go against the grain you know you get you know backlash you get blackballed you know, and they treat you differently and put you through more shit. So now you're more stressed out and now you are feeling kind of suicidal or homicidal. You know, it, it happens. It's not a good thing, but it's part of that chain reaction. So I'm just saying we as people and as human beings, we need to think more and stop acting off of actions and emotions. Because, yo, this shit is out of hand, and I totally agree. Yes, we need to have the National Guards in. We do. We really, really do. And I hope and pray that Mayor Lightfoot or someone in her camp let her know, like, baby girl, just let that, let some of that pride go. And go ahead and call these national guards out here and get our city under control because if we don't a lot of people are going to move out and that mean our city is losing a lot of money a lot of revenue and that means our taxes are going to go up and more and more people are going to move out of chicago as they already are so that's my little take on that segment um we're going to head to a break and we'll be right Ooh-chow. You ain't know. Y'all ain't heard of Flabby Hoffman Radio Extravaganza. Ooh-chow. Y'all need to check him out. Flabby Hoffman is the rock star of all rock stars. Real cool dude with a whole lot of intelligence. So you can check him out at q4radio.org or you can check him out at Flabby Hoffman's Radio Extravaganza.com or if you want to meet Flabby himself, he has a store. It's called the Extoriordium. And it's located at 2800 North Milwaukee in Chicago, Illinois. It's a store full of knickknacks and little things that you can get and little trivia things. And you, like I said, you get to meet Flabby. That's the most greatest part. And he's so awesome. So come on down to the Exploratorium. 
located at 2800 North Milwaukee, and you'll get to meet the fabulous Flabby Hoffman himself. And also, don't forget to tune in to News What News every Tuesday with Darren Marshall. And let's not forget Bottoms of the Barrel with Thomas Bottoms every Saturday at where? Q4radio.org. Come holler at them. And we are back. <laughs> Next thing on our docket we're going to talk about is marriage boot camp reality stars. And ooh did y'all see that last episode? If y'all didn't, let me break it down for you. What had happened was, now we last left where Corrupt and Tony was into where like Corrupt is, oh, I'm so scared of her. She's going to do something to me. But everyone notices this is after, you know, everyone in the house said that they was getting rid of the liquor. You know, they had no problem with dark liquor not being in the house because... Just like um, for our listeners out there, when you think back, or if you're thinking now, <laughs> like light liquor does something to you versus dark liquor and versus uh, wine. Like a lot of people cannot drink dark liquor. I like literally, I know so many people that cannot drink it. Why? Because however way that dark liquor is made, it does something to them where they act a complete ass or they get violent or they get sleepy or, you know, that's what they say. Oh, no, no, no. I don't drink dark liquor. No, no. But light liquor might make them happy, um, sleepy, jubilant, more more focus, you know, because it's a difference, because it's a different type of liquor. Dark and white liquor are two totally different liquors. That white liquor, you know, might give you a little strength, little energy, little courage. That dark liquor might give you that same thing, but make you want to fight for no reason. You fighting because somebody threw a fork on the floor. Like, bruh, calm down. It's a fork. You on that dark liquor. Ah, through the Fucking fork on the ground. But if you would have had light liquor in your system, like, oh, bruh, really? Someone do dark liquor? I mean, light, uh, like a fork on the ground? Like, bruh, y'all got to do better than this. You will pick it up and keep on going. So it does different things to you. And last episode, Dr. Ish asked um, everyone if they were okay with Um, dark liquor being out of the house because as we know corrupt has an addiction that's just like anybody on heroin crack um, opioids um, any type of drink I mean any type of hard drug you can think of that's how alcohol is but alcohol is times that bad times infinity because not only Are you drinking excessively, but it works on your liver, your kidneys, your intestines, your stomach? Um, I have in my life now, I told y'all I grew up on the West Side. West Side. That's where I grew up at. 
And, you know, I grew up in that time of era where there was a lot of alcoholics. And alcohol will literally change your features. It will literally, like I know one woman, she was so beautiful. And I saw pictures of her back in the day like, damn, she was a dad. And if you looked at her now, it's like, what happened? It was like, shit, she wouldn't let that alcohol go. Wouldn't let that alcohol go. And it really does mess up your features. Why? Because sometimes you get in fights and motherfucker knock your eye out or something. You know, it. so it's true about what alcohol really does do to the body. So as we all know, Corrupt has an addiction. He has a problem. He is an, he's an alcoholic. It's, it's let's be, let's say what it is. And he really does, you know, need help. But everyone has to understand, he's not going to get that help until he wants that help. That's just like with any other addict or anything else. You know, they're not going to get better until they want to get better. If they don't want to get better, they're not going to get better. It's real simple as that. So, as I said, Dr. Ish took all the alcohol out the house with a dark liquor. Not all the alcohol, just dark liquor. And that's when corrupt star acting a fool. He calling the producers. I want to leave. I don't want to be here because don't forget him and Tony get into a real explosive argument at the, um, what I call the little, uh, sexual indignito part where they talk about sex and how it does in their relationship. It was at that point that him and Tony got into it where they had to separate them for a second because Tony, when, when you were a person and you know them long enough, you know exactly what they doing to set you off. They do little, they do little shit to set you off. Whereas other people looking around like, ain't nobody did nothing. They know what they doing and you know what they doing. You know what I'm saying? I know what you doing and you know that I know that I know that you know that I know what you doing. You know what I'm saying? But you just doing this shit around all these people because these people don't fucking know you. So, you know, he was doing a little smirk thing. And I understand that because I've been in that situation where me and my partner, me and him have been arguing and he does a little slick look smirk. I know what the fuck that smirk mean. That smirk means uh, you ain't listening to the shit I'm saying. And I'm just a motherfucking joke to you. That's how all that started between him and Tony, because don't forget, Tony had went in his phone and saw him texting this chick or whatever. So, I'm sorry, y'all, if y'all hit my little fur baby. That's my little alley cat. Yeah, she likes to be in my office with me. Yeah, I ain't no girl. <laughs> but back to marriage boot camp. Um, so, he was pretty much antagonizing her. And when someone's antagonizing you, you know what they're doing. You know exactly what they're doing. And that's what he did. He antagonized her and they got into a bloody skippy. He was hollering, I can't be with her. I can't be around her. I am afraid of her. She's going to do something to me. Hold up, time out. What the fuck you scared of her for? You was just 
antagonizing her a little minute ago in y'all own little, you know, secretive way. So why per se now do you have a problem? That's my question. Why do you have a problem? And like she said, I wasn't going to do anything to him. Like, and everybody in the house, no, Tony ain't going to do nothing to him. You know, because they kept getting into it through the rest of the night and stuff. So he started yelling, I don't want to be here. Get me out of here right now. I don't want to be here. I'm leaving right now. And he went to a hotel. Now, why did he do that? He only did that to get to some liquor. And what? And Tony even said that he only doing that because y'all took that dark liquor out the house. He's only doing it because he can't drink what he want to drink. So he's acting out. And when he gets to the hotel, he's going to do a bender. And that's exactly what he did. So Dr. Ish um, came back, let him leave and go to a hotel to cool off or whatever. But you, everyone know he went to the hotel and got funky, skunky drunk. And... Tony stayed, and but she already has said that this don't make no sense. I'm done with it. Um, she going back home to her kids in Las Vegas. And I'm thinking that's the most perfect thing to do because you don't need to be with him. Y'all bring out the worst in each other. So um, Dr. Ish talked with uh, Corrupt and Corrupt you know, was talking to him. And he said, Dr. Ish told Corrupt, you need to go to rehab. Now, we offering you rehab because you really do need it. You know, you need to stop drinking. You know, it's going to kill you. And Dr. Ish um, told him, like, yeah, you need to go ahead and um, go to um, rehab. And he said, hell no, he ain't going. So... Corrupt left and he went on his merry way and Tony left also. Tony was like, I don't need this shit. I'm going home to my kids. And like I said, that's the most sensible thing I have heard her say because she is so unhappy. Like I say, y'all, I'm an older woman. Well, I'm a, I'm a older young lady. I'm going to put it like that. Y'all been together three years. Sweetheart, I have lingerie older than y'all relationship. You know, people come in and out of lives for reasons and they leave for a reason. I'm praying for Corrupt and Tony. You know, Tony's mental clarity and for Corrupt to get the help that he really do need. Because this, this shit is too much. And, um... I'm just praying for both of them that they get the help they need. Next couple, we're going to talk about Hazel and Devon. Yes, um, Hazel did lose this child with Devon. And, you know, you know, as you lose a child, you go through those emotions, you know. So Dr. Ish had to talk with them and, you know, just to see where their head was. And I think that was the most clarifying thing, you know, because when you do lose a child, it is, it's overwhelming. And it's more overwhelming when you look back 
Because when you're going through that moment, it's like, okay, I'm going through this moment, you know, and some people, you know, it takes a while for them to really be like, oh my God, you know, to really come to reality. So I'm just praying that Hazel mental stability is better, but you know, we do know that she ends up having a little bundle of joy, her and Devon, which I'm happy for, but I'm still praying that she's mentally okay. Because even after you have children, you still think about those children, you know, so still praying for her mental stability, hon Devon. Um, I wish them the best far as productively wise, but yeah, they had, they little situation, um, Cause it was a exercise where everyone had to tell about their childhood. You know, everyone that watched marriage bootcamp knows this part of the episode where they, um, pretty much tell, they get split off into groups and they tell, you know, their childhood, how they grew up and the traumatic things that happened to them in their childhood. And then later on in the evening, they have child actors come out and portray them and act as though they are them at that age. So this is the part that we're at. And of course, um, everyone had their own thing and they, what they did was they used like toy, like kid cars, you know, like the little kid cars, the little uh, Jeeps and stuff like that, that the kids can drive around in. Uh, they used those. And they told them to describe their childhood. And each person went up and told their childhood. And it was very, very um, telling. A lot, of, a lot of these people had very traumatic childhoods. Especially um, Phaedra's partner, um, Medina. Like, he had to endure going to the, like the mall and seeing his mother try to sell his brother. You know, his mother had a mental illness and, you know, she was completely not in her right frame of mind. And him being, you know, the older one, he had to stick up and do more. And, you know, that's why, you know, he's the mellow out person that he is now and he quiets down. So all of, you know, all of them have very traumatic, you know, childhoods. Phaedra, hers, um, her, her, um, hers was more as not being accepted, you know, people not accepting her. Uh, Cause she was different or whatever, but that's how hers was. And, you know, she telling her childhood and, and, you know, when you think back the way you were in your childhood kind of molds who you are in your adult life, you know, so that's telling, um, to her, to Harry, you know, she grew up with nothing but violence and, all this, that, and the third. And so, you know, she tells her side. Um, 
Hazel told her story where, you know, her father died when she was younger and her mother had a boyfriend or something. And he pretty much used to beat on her mom and she used to try to stop him. And she got her nose broke when she was a child. Um, Devon had a pretty normal childhood. He was given whatever he want, you know, because he would throw a temper tantrum if he didn't get what he wanted, you know. Shonda, um, she had a childhood where she grew up in, you know, uh, how would we say, um, an entertainer's child because her father singed and she would sing for her father and she felt that though it, it wasn't good enough, you know, he would say, he wouldn't say, oh, baby, you sound great or, you know, let's do this, let's do that. No, it was like, mm, you're okay. You know, it was like she felt as though she was never enough. And I can, I can, I can feel her. I can step in her shoes. You know, where you feel as though you're not good enough. I have been in that place where feels as though you're just not good enough. So I completely understand. Um, Willie, he pretty much told about his childhood. You know, he from Chicago, you know, same place. No, I grew up, you know what I'm saying? And he um, he was robbed and stuck up at gunpoint three times, you know. And all of us about the same age. And, yeah, I'm not going to lie. In the hood, it was hard. I've been robbed at gunpoint twice. And that's when I was living in the hood. So it's rough, you know, in Chicago. But, you know, we survived and we lived to tell our stories. You know, so future generations won't have to do this to go through that. But I digress. And then we had a special guest. Vado! Vado came and told his story about how his, um, he grew up seeing his mother, um, you know, kind of abused on. And he said he would never hit a woman. And what did he end up doing? He ended up, you know, putting hands on Tahari. And he said he never wanted to be that man. And he had homework that Dr. Ish told him. Because as long as he's still in the program, he can't stay in the house. Because, you know, you can't stay in the house. There's consequences for your actions. You put hands on her. So, no, you cannot stay in this house. But we still will treat you. Outside of the house, since the hotel is close, we'll put you at the hotel. We'll bring you back for the exercises. And at the end of the night, you got to go. So that's appropriate because he is getting the help he needs. Because this stuff is learned behavior. Everything that we're doing is learned behavior that, you know, we learned as child. As children. So it's all learned behavior. So everyone... Uh, told their stories. Um, then Hazel and Devon got into a little tiff because, you know, she was talking to him and he was like, she was like, so if you don't get what you want, you going to dip out or throw a tantrum? And he was like, yeah. And she was like, so you telling me I need to go find another man? And he was like, if that's what you need to do, that's what you need to do. And she was like, so if you don't get what you want from me, like, you going to leave? Like, you going to leave? And he, he was like, hey, that's not a, that's not a, uh, 
if that's a promise, you know, like, whoa, and you still want to be with this motherfucker, Hazel? See, that's what I'm talking about. We as women and men need to really switch up what we want in our partners because we automatically um, be with the people from our past. Just like they told Shonda, you know, and I understand that like, yes, I totally can agree with that. I sure can that women end up with men that are just like their fathers that are just like their fathers just like them yeah Allie I know yeah, thank you for your commentary yeah the cat has a lot of things to say about this so we just gonna let her say her commentary in the background cause she's a damn cat and she on that bullshit this morning but I digress um Shonda had to realize that Willie is so much like her father. And she was like, yeah, I end up marrying my, my father. She had to see that. Yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. You absolutely did. Because her father in her father's eyes, she was never enough for him. It was never, she was never good enough. And it's the same way in Willie's eyes. She's. She feels as though she's not good enough. Like, why Why do you have to be with other women? You know, why can it not just be me? Why can't I be good enough? So that's really telling. So, yeah, that was, that was a really good episode, a very good learned episode. And I think, the, um, I think everyone learned a lot from that. Um, but yeah. The next episode is going to be woo, 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 boom, explosive. Why do I say that? Which child? This the lie detector episode. And they said three people failed. And they gave, the th they gave you a little representation of which couples. Whether it was Hazel and Devon, Willie and um, Shonda. And Devon, I mean, and Medina and Phaedra, out of those three couples, three people was deceptive. And I'm like, O-M-freaking-G. I cannot wait to see next week. It's going to be popping. I said, I can't wait. Because I want to know who lied. And who lied about what? What did they lie about? You know, I'm just trying to figure that out, child. So, we're going to end this podcast today. And I will be back at you next time as I leave every podcast. If no one told you they love you, I do. I really genuinely do love you. And do better today than you did yesterday. And strive for a better tomorrow today. Thank you and good night.